Welcome to the Renaissance Brothers Podcast, where we help you live your best life as you reinvent yourself spiritually, financially, physically, culturally, and intellectually. We want you to know that after the darkness, there is light. So take a journey with two friends, Mike and Russ, and experience your own renaissance. Okay, welcome to the Renaissance Brothers Podcast. Once again, we're coming to you from our southern headquarters in the famous town of Boulder City, Nevada. Yes, this is the first time we are live together in the same room, not separated by hundreds of miles. Face to face. Face to face. This is interesting. This is very interesting. Yes, we're in the Alexander House. This is my grandmother's house, uh, Nana's house. This was built in 1932 to support the construction of Hoover Dam. Mm -hmm. And this house was the house of Mr. Alexander and his family, who was the chief counsel, who handled many of the legal affairs uh, of the building of the dam. Boulder City is a very historic town, which is still a wonderful place to live and uh, I would encourage anyone to take a look at it and come and visit. That's yeah, a great place, great place. Good memories here too. We used to yes. hang out here a lot in college. You know, uh, Russ would have to bring uh, any girl he was dating to Nana's house to uh, get her approval. And she didn't approve very often because they wore short skirts, if I recall, Russ. Short shorts. <laughs> short shorts. Not yes. even skirts. Okay. Not skirts. Shorts. <laughs> and Nano had gone blind, but the blindness was very selective. If my house was not... She could see legs. <laughs> she just couldn't see other stuff. Well, she could see if my room was not clean. And she could definitely see if the service at a restaurant wasn't good. And it was always an interesting, um, interesting experience to be criticized as a waiter uh, for the service that was given, uh, even when <laughs> Nana was blind. <laughs> Nana was great. She was a wonderful person, very generous. She was a school teacher. She influenced the lives uh, of many people for the good, and she is someone that. I still look up to to this day and really cherish the memories and moments I had with her as a child and also with an adult in this house. And we're just grateful that the house is in the family. Yep. God bless Nana. Amen. That's good. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about friendship. Yes. And Russ and I were recalling how long we have been friends. And I think we met in 1993. Yes, we met at the LDS Church Institute in January of 1993. I had just returned from my missionary service in France, Belgium, and Luxembourg. and I was in Chile. I had just yep. returned as well. We met on the UNLV campus. Yep, so we were in the Institute on the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Campa, Go Rebels. And I remember that year, they even had an awesome basketball team. We had J.R. Ryder, Everett Gray, D. Don Thomas, uh, a lot of people that I think ended up coming up to our institute. 
because uh, we had free hot dogs on Fridays. <laughs> so free lunch, yeah. And since it. we had the largest student association on campus, I think we had we two, got free tickets to everything. If I pretty remember. much free tickets, we had pretty much courtside basketball tickets. Absolutely, it was awesome. So watching J.R. Ryder, uh, incredible player, ended up coming to Portland and playing a little bit. Mm-hmm. He even won the slam dunk contest. I remember seeing some of his dunks. And he was one of the few people on the planet who could dunk from the free throw line. Yeah, he was, he was good. He was um, just flying through the air like Michael Jordan at the time. It was really inspiring to see that. But yeah, I remember that. We met. We met playing pool. Playing pool. <laughs> of all things, we met playing pool. Exactly. I was going to say we met at the Clark County Detention Center as Russ was awaiting extradition to Portland for. Uh, traffic violations but now we, we <laughs> really met that. playing pool playing pool yeah so yes and i think we became really good friends and we served together on the institute council mm-hmm. uh we were in a fraternity together we were we that had a sword fun we had a sword we did have a sword <laughs> sigma gamma chi that's right and we took lots of great trips to salt lake we had some friends uh, I believe we had some friends from uh, Togo, I think. Yeah, we went fishing a few times. We did we did a lot of a lot of fun stuff. So yeah, we did good. some double dates. Um, and then Mike came and worked with me when I was at Intel and as a business development manager in Geneva. Mike came out and worked with the European Center for Nuclear Physics and came out as an intern. Mike was doing his master's MBA degree at Thunderbird Mm -hmm. and so that was really a cool experience to have him and his family come out lots of good memories uh, in Geneva Switzerland and then we have kept in touch and have had a great rewarding friendship I'd say um, these last what almost 30 years yeah it's crazy isn't it crazy 30 years nuts so that's our the topic we're going to talk about today I think natural friendship is something that's magic, and I'd say it's something that gives meaning to pretty much everything else in life, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend, I have a friend named London, who I met when I was six years old, and we still meet sometimes on campus at Intel, and we continue our conversations. So this is 40 plus years of, of conversations that we have. But what we want to talk about today is uh, just the benefits of friendship. I found a book when I was maybe 12 or 13 years old. And I'd say this book hasn't necessarily changed my life or anything, but it's validated a lot of thoughts and feelings that I've had about friendship. And the name of this book is called The Friendship Factor. It's by an author named Alan Loy McGinnis. He passed away in 2005. He had a chance to revise this book in 2004. But he talks about just the importance of friendship and how it sort of gives meaning and, and life to pretty much everything else in, in life. And he approaches this. He was a, a Christian minister. Um, he was a therapist. He was an author, a motivational speaker. And he passed away uh, of Lou Gehrig's disease at the age of... 71 and hopefully he had a few friends when he passed away i think he did don't tell me he was penniless and friendless (laughs) 
<laughs> that's, buried that's in a later. nondescript pine box <laughs> in the middle of the desert. No. That was Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. <laughs> but, but, but Mozart left us with some amazing music. So he started his researching friendship, which led to his first book, The Friendship Factor, after his 20-year first marriage to Lottie Denton of Portland, Oregon, ended in divorce. So after his experience, he wanted to learn more about love. Uh, he told the Washington Post in 1979, I found that the basic principles of friendship were at work in all intimate relationships, children, mate, and parents. And so he believed that the friendship was really the base of every relationship, uh, familial relationships, spouses, uh, pretty much everything. And so he talks about the friendship factor as the equality to draw the admiration and affection of friends, to cultivate friendship with someone. He advised people to praise, touch, listen, reveal one's feelings, and then just schedule regular conversations. He wrote a bunch of other books as well. And he was someone who was very accomplished uh, in, from a academic standpoint, but he was a realist as well. He used to sort of begrudge the fact that his book was a self-help book because he th thought that a lot of the books were just, mm -hmm. oh, you know, your, your power is endless and you can do anything. And he was like, well, that's great. But uh, he felt like just teaching this principle that, you know, anything the mind can believe it can achieve and this unlimited potential is something that in his mind was sort of hogwash because he felt like time is not unlimited. Mm -hmm. And so really in your life, you have a chance to just spend time. You're probably your most valuable quantity on very limited things. True. And so, you know, we at the Renaissance Brothers, we're all talking about Renaissance and enhancing your life in various different ways. Um, you need to choose and make priorities. And Absolutely. so there was a cautionary tale that he talked about in his book about Howard Hughes. And he talked about how Howard Hughes was this multimillionaire, um, probably one of the most powerful people on the planet. And he was very influential here in where we're at in southern Nevada. Uh, very influential in Las Vegas. Uh, he owned the Desert Inn Hotel at some point, lived there. Um, his uh, property holdings formed what we know as Summerlin in the western part of uh, the, the valley, Las Vegas Valley, just outside of Red Rock. Uh, Spring Mountain Ranch was one of his properties that was there. And he was very influential in getting, uh, you know, a lot of progress into Las Vegas, especially through, uh, through the airport and, and through air travel, just in general. But yeah, he didn't have very many friends. That was sad because he, he did a lot of good things in his life. He's definitely an aviation pioneer, uh, but, he talked about just the, the fact that he used, he was really interested in machines and he was someone who just felt like people and relationships were to be used and not to be enjoyed. And there's the principle that someone said that you know, God gave us uh, things to be used and people to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, a strong principle there well, and to be a friend, to to be a to have a friend, you really have to be a friend, right? And that requires time and effort. And uh, it's like Russ, you and I. How often do we keep in touch with each other? How often do we call or text each other? 
Uh, every time we find something funny, maybe. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, like I, I, <laughs> does a week go by? Maybe. Probably not. Yeah. I, I think we talk almost every week. I, I mean, talk, text. I'll send him something funny from TikTok or... Uh, I, I do send funny TikToks to Russ. I, I can send you TikToks. I can't send anybody else, so that's okay. <laughs> so you tend to get those. <laughs> Sometimes. I, I think the other thing is there's not this expectation of, um, you know, response or, yeah. or anything. And I think that's one of the things we – we'll talk about this in a future episode, uh, talking about friendship without agendas and not needing – not necessarily have – you know, what, what makes a good friendship – and what sustains a friendship. So we'll talk about that later, but today we're just focusing in on the benefits of... Why it's good to be a friend. ...of friendship. So, you know, the benefits, and uh, one of the things is that uh, Alan McGinnis uh, mentions in his book, and I'd recommend this book to anyone. It's an awesome book. The it's called The friend, Factor. Friendship yeah. Factor. So there's this quote by George Bernard Shaw. He said, the surest way to be miserable is to have the leisure to wonder whether or not you are happy. Very true. And we do not usually discover happiness in the pursuit of it. Most often, it is a byproduct coming to us as we are in the midst of giving ourselves to another. And I think that's a real true, um, just a true axiom that, hey, we can, uh, we'll, we'll find the, We'll find friendship in the pursuit of really caring about others mm-hmm. and from a true uh, standpoint. And the other part of that he mentions is that friendship really has a, it's really sort of the magic pill in a sense to a good marriage, uh, a good business uh, relationship. Of course, there's other important things in, in that. You know, friendship it's kind of the foundation being, of any romantic relationship we may have. Or any business relationship or any any interactions we have with other people are enhanced by being a better friend. Definitely. Even family relationships that aren't necessarily with your spouse, with your child, things like that. It's mm-hmm. important to, there's certain parts of your life where it's not necessarily appropriate for you to just be a friend to your child. But uh, as you both become adults, that friendship can be very rewarding, a very positive part of your life. So let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the benefits of friendship, Mike. We found a few articles here. I think the first one is the Healthline yeah. article. Healthline.com has an article called Six Ways Friendship is Good for Your Health. And here's some stuff you may have heard this. Most people count on good friends amongst the most important people they have in their lives. But not all friends are good, though. We'll say that. <laughs> right? What do good friends do? They communicate openly. They don't shy away from telling you the truth. They'll tell you if you have something on your shirt. Dude, you got a stain on your shirt. You got to do that, right? <laughs> you look awful in those shoes, Russ. You got to change those shoes, <laughs> right? Good friends tell you that type of stuff. You can trust them, but you can expect them to respect your boundaries, even when you disagree with each other. I think that's that's important, too. So healthy friendships also involve support, uh, mutual support with each other. Good friends uh, won't expect you just to help them out. They want to help you out too, even if all they can offer is a listening ear, right? And I know, uh, Russ, in our lives, you know, situations we've had and gone through and things like that, you know, I, I, I can always count on Russ. I can call him and say, hey, here's what's going on. This happened, this happened, this happened. And and uh, gets 
gives me great advice and good listening ear, and that's 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 good. And yeah, so and not non judgmental. I'll say that. Thank you, Russ. I appreciate that. Thanks well, I for, appreciate that too. Thanks for being non judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's the thing is is these rich these these friends that that we have uh, bring so much into our lives, and so this article talks about like. Solid friendship is good for your health. So Absolutely. So the first way is that less loneliness and social isolation, okay? So loneliness and social isolation can affect both your physical and mental well-being. The more people, and more and more people are really feeling lonely nowadays, especially through the pandemic. A lot of people were cut off from some, actually seeing their friends face-to-face, and that, that, that had, a big, uh, had a big effect on people. Um, so friends help you avoid isolation, but good friends help you prevent loneliness is what this article says, which is really kind of good. So if you ever heard the phrase lonely in a crowd, you can have plenty of friends and still feel lonely, even though you aren't isolated. So they had a really good quote in here. It said, it's the relationship quality that really counts. Casual or superficial friendships often don't provide much in the way of emotional support. You might have gaming buddies, you can have coffee friends or exercise partners, but if you don't have anyone to confide in, you'll likely experience some loneliness. Now we have acquaintances, and you know, like if you go on Facebook, we have a lot of people we may have on Facebook that we share things with or laugh with or uh, you know sharing information or parts of your life. But are these people you can call on a moment's notice and count on and confide in? Maybe not. You don't, you don't have to have that many friends that you do that with, but it, it really helps to have friends like that that are a strong connection, right? Now, distance and other factors might prevent you from physically hanging out. Like we said, this is our first show we're actually doing face-to-face, which is kind of funny. It's our, is this our eighth, seventh? Yeah, this is number eight, seven or eight. Yes. Seven or eight episode we've done. Um, and uh, we, had to do, we had to make sure that we could do this live. <laughs> so hopefully this sounds okay coming out, but uh, we've never been in the same room before. But, um, you know, we live at a distance, but still it, it helps. So the number two way is it reduces stress. Yes, and that, that one's really interesting because stress is really the killer to good health. And so, you know, that's one of the parts of, of the Renaissance Brothers is, you know, how do we help ourselves physically a little bit? But if you have prolonged stress, and I've experienced that, I probably still experience some, but that stress can contribute to immune health, insomnia, heart problems, digestive problems, diabetes, high blood pressure. The good news is through research, and there's a research magazine suggests maintaining strong friendships can help you cope with stress more effectively and help lower your chances of facing some types of stress in the first place. I thought was really interesting, and uh, I've I've had that where I called up a friend, had a big issue that just seemed insurmountable and overwhelming, and then after talking with them, it's no big deal, mm-hmm. and I move on, and that's magic. I've avoided all that stress that can maybe cope, or maybe make up from some of my other poor um, dietary choices sometimes. So <laughs> we can see your poor, to make up for your poor decisions in general. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's always good. So maybe that's a benefit of, of friendship. It you know covers a multitude of sins. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, reducing stress is good, Russ. But uh, number three is even better: emotional support. Right? Uh, Russ and I were talking about this before. There's friends, and then there's friends that will help you bury a body in the desert. Right? Russ is one of those friends for me. 
That's totally, totally Now, true. wait a minute. I, I don't think we're speaking from experience, are we? <laughs> He'd give me a stern talking to after we're done, and he'd, he'd say, "What what's gone on in your life that we're here, right? What the hell is going on, right?" But um, Mike, is this a confession? No, no, this is not a confession to any law enforcement listening. <laughs> we're we're sorry to even bring that up. Yeah. This is okay. a joke, right? So yes, this is a joke. Yes. <laughs> so emotional support is an important benefit to your relationships, right? Your friends can support you by doing something like listening. Now, listening sounds simple, but really listening to your problems, hearing what you have to say, validating your feelings, right? Uh, doing something for you just because, helping distract you when you feel uh, sad or upset. You know, if you're in a romantic relationship, chances are you'll go to your romantic partner first, which is great. It's perfectly normal. They can be, they can absolutely offer comfort and, and reassurance. However, your romantic partner shouldn't be your only source of emotional support. Um, relationship experts generally recommend maintaining friendships with people besides your partner, as this can benefit emotional health along with your relationship health. Sometimes you and your partner may disagree or want to spend time on different hobbies, which is great because if you have friends, you can they can pick up the slack in those areas and help you maintain your sense of self together, which is which is really terrific. So. Yeah, I think you're a better spouse if you have other friends you can go to. And obviously there's uh, a level of appropriateness and, and things like that with these friendships. But I think if you're always bringing everything to your to your spouse's significant other, it can become somewhat um, burdensome. A burdensome because they're not your therapist. They're not your coach. Mm -hmm. And we all need coaches. We all need people to help us uh, in different phases of life. And it doesn't always have to be that same person sometimes it can be a you know a parent a friend or, or someone someone else and I, I found that that uh in in life the the universe has sent me friends right at the right time when i've needed them and i didn't really know i necessarily needed them mm -hmm. at that time but i had to make the choice to be a friend and to try and benefit you know be a benefit to them uh, and i haven't really looked at it as oh what are the benefits i'm getting but then i've looked back on some of the friendships of these people and they have benefited my life um, immensely. I have a friend named Hank Slettenhauer who passed away uh, back in 2016. I met him in Geneva and he was one of the people that I joined his organization. I worked for him for a while with the Swiss Silicon Valley Association. We became very good friends and kept that friendship going for um, about 19 years before his passing. He is probably one of the main reasons I was able to break into the high-tech industry and I was able to uh, choose to study my MBA and uh, work in high-tech. He exposed me to the Silicon Valley in, in ways I never would have been exposed to, but also we listened to concerts together. Uh, we experienced the uh, sadness uh, as he was uh, experienced a, a pretty rough divorce and then the happiness as he found someone new mm -hmm. and uh, he would definitely uh, make fun of my driving sometimes um, don't we all Russ don't you all <laughs> but he was you know he was happy he was from uh, the Netherlands he had a very good heart he was very generous um, and he had, I could tell he had worked through some really tough times when he was growing up. Um, he grew up during World War II and experienced some 
trauma there, but then he went and worked at the nuclear physics lab. He ended up befriending um, a gentleman uh, who ended up founding a multi-billion dollar company later on. Uh, this was the founder of, of Synopsis, uh, Art De Hoist. And I remember going to, to Art's house and I could see the benefit that Hank had brought to this gentleman's life. Um, this gentleman had spent a summer as an intern and didn't really have a place to live and Hank took him in. Hank and his wife took him in and he lived there. And I, I think uh, Art remembered that and appreciated that uh, about that. And so I think that's the magic part of, of friendship. Um, he really opened my horizons and helped me choose, just naturally choose a career, I thought, that became interesting. And I think that's the next part of this is personal development. If you yep. have a friend, this friend can help you break a bad habit or be a good exercise buddy or just cheer you on and help you learn new things. And so that encouragement, I think all it takes sometimes is just one friend telling mm -hmm. you, hey, you can... An accountability partner. Yeah, accountability partner. And I have that uh, in, in my wife. She's wonderful and, and very charitable to me, but I feel sometimes accountable to her. And we, I'm able to better accomplish some goals when I tell her about them uh, in the first place. And so just having that uh, encouragement. I have another good friend named Jim Noodleman. And Jim, if you're listening, uh, we've, we've been friends for... A long time as well I think from 1986 so yeah. you know 35 years or so I remember Jim told me one time when I was having a you know a tough time just uh, making healthier choices or trying to get back into shape uh, Jim told me he said hey Russ you're a good athlete and I was like wow okay <laughs> and so I aspire to that I aspire to that statement whether or not that's true or not. I was not. waiting for the punchline. Yes, right. it's up. It's up. It's up. Uh, it's up for grabs. You're right? a good athlete when you. Well, I cut him off before he could donuts. say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I cut him off before he could say the <laughs> and or the but or anything like that, right? Because you have to be smart with your with your friends and cut them off at the right time, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember being at a little basketball camp, and I was at this AC Green basketball camp. He was a basketball player on the LA Lakers and this was one of the years that the LA Lakers had won the national or the NBA championship with Magic and Kareem and James Worthy and AC Green was a starter on there as well I remember playing and you know I, I was never the great basketball player but um, I did have a pretty good ability to score sometimes and I remember one of the uh when I ended the AC Green basketball camp, he wrote on my paper and said, hey, you have a natural ability to score. That's awesome. And I thought, wow, that's great. And so I, I, uh, that, that, in, you know, that inflicted a lot of confidence. He actually wrote in, that on your thing? Yeah, he wrote that on. It wasn't a stamp? It wasn't like a stamp, you, you yeah. It? I'm sure he wrote the same thing to every little <laughs> kid there. But <laughs> I took that to heart. He did take me aside once and said, hey, it's great you have this. Um, ability to score because you're not, you know, athletically as gifted as some of the other kids. I was like, <laughs> okay, great. I'll take that. <laughs> Russ is a pretty good basketball player. I remember you used to throw down a little bit. You know, I used to play <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> so, yes, personal development. Having friends will help you accomplish more. And the other part of this uh, is the sense of belonging. 
And so if we're looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, if, you know, if you look at his hierarchy of needs, the number one is food and shelter, right? If you don't have that, life's pretty tough. Life is rough if you're homeless. But if the next one, the third, is a sense of belonging. And so I thought that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, caring about others makes life more meaningful. When you care for others, you take on responsibility of offering compassion and emotional support. This can make you a stronger, better person. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, being a friend too can really help you, help support you through your challenges. Your friends can do that. Uh, life's not always easy. Sometimes it gets pretty tough and downright awful. Um, at any given time without warning, you could be in some sort of traumatic event in your life. Uh, we're talking breakups, divorce, uh, deaths in your family of a pet or a loved one. We went through the whole pandemic here. Pandemics, look at that. Unemployment, family problems. I think Russ has helped me through all of those areas. Uh, you know, <laughs> we've, we've both been divorced and we've both uh, helped each other through that process. And uh, I remember Russ was around when I, when I lost my mom you know, I was in, when I was in college, and that was a that was a tough thing to go through. But uh, he was there right around for that too, and uh, you know, been there a lot of stuff in my life, which has been great. So, um, any of these these challenges can have a significant impact on long term mental health outcomes. There's a research study in 2017 though that suggested that if you have strong friendships, you'll probably find it easier to handle whatever life happens to throw at you at that time. So the study looked at uh, resilience in more than 2,000 adolescents between the ages of 14 and 24, and it found evidence to suggest that friendships strongly predicted resilience, or the ability to recover after uh, distressing experiences. So the authors noted that while family support also helped to boost immediate resilience, friendship predicted greater resilience, especially later in life, while family support did not. So. Your family's gonna be there when the crap hits the fan, right, for sure. But your long-term mental health really benefits from having that friendship because that's really what helps pull you through these distressing experiences. So it's possible that, um, that, that friendship can also help provide uh, an, uh, or the ability to help you manage distress associated with family problems such as neglect or abuse. I mean, there's there's a lot of different stuff, so um, you should be a better friend. So, like like I said before, if you wanna if you want to have a good friend, you need to be a good friend. And so, there's a few tips and tricks for this, right? Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about some of the, the tips and tricks in in the next uh, episodes. Um, you know, it talks about some of the benefits of of having all these different friends. It also talks a little bit about the you know, when to let go, right? When friendship isn't the best and when it maybe isn't helpful when to it, you. When it turns ugly or toxic. Yes. And so, you know, I'd say talk about unhealthy or toxic friendships can cause stress and bring you down just as easily as healthy friendships lift you up. And they say you might want to consider moving on if your friend gossips, treats you unkindly, manipulates you, um, takes without giving. Drinks all your Coke Zero. Yes. <laughs> Hits hits cones when he's driving. <laughs> hey, no, 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 scratch that one. That, one, that one's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's uh, 
Yeah, that's that's important too. The idea here is that really friendship has such a benefit here. Another thing that Alan Lloyd McGinnis mentions in his book here is that um, said in a recent study by the Broken Heart, which I'm sure it's not a recent study anymore because this is 1971. This is when I was born. Uh, full disclosure here. Uh, Dr. James Lynch shows that lonely people live significantly shorter lives than the general population. Lynch, who is a specialist in psychosomatic disease, cites a wealth of statistics to demonstrate the unhealthy aspects of isolation and the magical powers of human contact. Yeah, it's true. Even viewed from a financial perspective, our friendships are our most valuable commodity. Studies at the Carnegie Institute of Technology reveal that even in such fields as engineering, about 15% of one's financial success is due to one's technical knowledge and about 85% is due to skill in human engineering, to personality and the ability to lead or get along with people. Absolutely. And, and as we talk about often on our podcast, that we, we want you to live your best life. And part of that life is having not only acquaintances, but really good friends. And, the, and, and you can have friends that are your friends in different areas, but keep in mind you want to have a friend you can confide in, you know, at least one, you know, that you can, you can go to when you, you're facing adversity or you're, uh, you're in trouble, or it's something you just want to share a joke with that you probably can't tell your significant other or spouse, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that that's, that's the magic of friendship. Um, you know, I have friends from, from Africa, from India, from China, uh, from Russia, from France, Switzerland, uh, lots of different places, Spain. Uh, my cousin, I, I picked him up from his mission in Madrid, Spain, and I've met some of his friends that were there as when he was a missionary. And just yesterday we were talking and FaceTiming and got to see that same friend that was his <laughs> mission companion That's back great. 30 years ago. And you know, my cousin uh, Tim is a great, uh, a great cousin, but he also has a really good ability to keep and nurture friendships. And I know that if you ask him you know, what his most uh, valuable assets are, it's his friends and family. That's awesome. And I think that's... Uh, and we'll be hearing from Tim in a later episode. Definitely. So yeah, we will, <laughs> we'll have that, we'll have that opportunity. Um, Interesting, they talk about why people get fired or why people, you know, don't succeed in their careers. Um, only 30 to 40 percent are due to technical incompetence, and most of it is due to social incompetence. Social incompetence. And if you think about it, it's not just the wooing or, you know, am I this really charismatic person? You don't have to be an extrovert. This is not meaning you have to have some kind of personality type. But I think if you have enough uh, caring and empathy towards another person, you're going to want to treat them the way you want to be treated. And so you'll communicate effectively with them. Exactly. And you'll treat them with respect and dignity. And you'll want to clearly communicate with these people because you value them. And I think that's what makes uh, really an excellent employee and a I think that's the, I look at people who are very successful. It makes a great team member, though. Yeah, makes a great team member. You make your team better, right? That's the whole point of being on a team. Yeah, and I think that's one of the big important parts of, you know, being on a little sports team when you're a little kid or part of a 
uh, a concert band. These are all teams. You know, you're at work. Everything mm-hmm. you do from a social standpoint, it's you know, it's about that team. And if you're able to be a good follower and uh, you're able to work with other people, I think that makes you naturally a pretty good leader. Well, I know in the United States versus other countries that, that I've lived in, the educational system in the United States is very individualistically based, right? You, you're looking at, we're looking at the, who's the, going to be the class valedictorian, right? I, I know in other countries you're put in cohort groups, like from the time you're in like sixth grade on. And you go to school, you do all your activities with these guys, and you all support each other in this friend group, essentially, yeah. to do that. And we, we don't do that as much in the United States, but I've seen it in France. I've seen they do it in Switzerland. They do it in uh, Mexico. And they do it in Chile, too. Uh, a lot of different areas of the world. We look at things a little differently here, but if you look at it from a friendship perspective, imagine if you were in grade school with the same people you went th- quite through to college with, Right. That's a, that's a big deal in life. That creates lifelong learning opportunities. And the more time you can spend and you develop relationships, you spend the time and you become a, you become a good friend to these people, that, that really can help stabilize you, especially mentally in your, in your life and to have a support system built in outside your family that we all really need. Definitely. I think our education system is coming along a little bit. If we look at what we did in our MBA programs, mm-hmm. we were involved in cohorts and teams, yep. and we were graded on our ability to work as a team and to collaborate. I think that's a good trend, and I think that's they realize that, hey, that's how problems are going to be solved. You're not going to have one person that's going to solve all these problems. You're going to have a lot of people that hopefully have complementary strengths and weaknesses and hopefully become friends with each other. I found that in my groups, uh, the ones yeah. that I had a good connection. I was friends with all of the team members, and I'm friends with a few of them still. Those were the ones where I got the most fulfillment. I think I learned the most uh, from an education standpoint. In, in, in my MBA experience, uh, we, we had a pretty international student body. We had probably half the student body were international students. So there was typically no more than two native-speaking North Americans on a team. And so you're working with people who are speaking a different language, second or third language sometimes is English, right? And learning how to deal with them through a cultural perspective as well as a work perspective. And I think that's important. Yeah, where, where I went, it was probably about 30%. And I really became close with some of these people. I remember I had friends on my team and um, got to know them a little bit. But then uh, one of my friends, uh, we went and visited her and ended up living in China for a little bit. And we ended up hanging out with her in her element um, around her house and, and definitely deepened that friendship. And the same thing, I had friends in Mexico City. We went down there and uh, were able to, to deepen our friendships as well. So I think that that's a, really a neat part about friendship. And you know, one of the benefits is you just have a richer life. You get to travel. Um, you know, adults with strong social support have a reduced risk of many significant health problems, including depression, high blood pressure, unhealthy body mass index, BMI. And we've already mentioned this, but, uh, you know, you can live a little longer as well. And so this was another Mayo Clinic, uh, Friendships Enrich Your Life and Improve Your Health. And that was another article that I think we've gotten some good uh activities out of and so the next 
part, we will talk about you know how to be a friend and how to have friendships without agendas. Yep. And so we'll look, we're looking forward to that. But Mike has been great to do this in person uh, here in uh, <laughs> Mike's in historic... playing the role of the engineer. The role of the engineer tonight will be played by Mike. <laughs> yeah. And in uh, historic uh, Boulder City. That's right. And you know we're going to have some different guests on. Uh, we'll have some more face to face activities as well but really appreciate everyone for uh, for listening and we'll have the show notes and some of these resources on our website absolutely so don't forget to be a good friend if you haven't reached out and talked to somebody in a while that you're friends with now's the time pick up that phone send them a text send them an email give them a call and uh, move ahead and improve your life be a Definitely. good friend I think that's the hope here is I think anyone uh, maybe if Howard Hughes had been intercepted at some point in his life, maybe he could have changed and, uh, you know, had friendships and maybe had a, a richer end of life. And they, they have his, uh, history about that. I think Benjamin Franklin started off as sort of a pompous, arrogant person. And later on in life, uh, he realized that he was going to die pretty lonely um, if he didn't change his, uh, his skills a little bit. And so he adapted and learn some of the rules of of friendship. We'll talk about that later on, but uh, we really just appreciate the the chance to to speak with everyone today and uh, move forward with the Renaissance. Yep. Thanks, Russ. (laughs) You can can cut that long. That was classy. Stay with the Renaissance. I love it. That's great. This has been another episode of the Renaissance Brothers Podcast. It's all about living your best life. For Mike and Russ, be safe and live well.